This episode of Brought Back Home aired originally on July 16th, 2020, broadcasted on CFRC 101.9 FM on your radio dial in Kingston and surrounding areas, and live on CFRC.ca through the website's live stream. If you'd like to learn more about the CFRC, visit CFRC.ca. And now, here is episode two of Brought Back Home. You're listening to Brought Back Home, bringing the local arts and local music back to you. I'm your host, Matt Muto, and we have a lot of exciting content to get to today. There's going to be no news segment or music update because there's just too much great content to get to, and I'm very excited. We have Tyson Sullivan, local artist and host of Musiki Open Mic, as well as a local music teacher joining us as our first guest today. And after that, we'll even have another performance and interview from new lo-fi jazz duo, Alto Stratus featuring Liam Neal and Helena Hannibal. So to kick our show off today, here's Tyson performing a track off his new upcoming LP. than lies shaking in your spine oh no it isn't over yet feeling less afraid just come out and say out loud of saving face for all the human race
starting to feel grace Though your mind is out in space Confound On making war You poor old Welcome back to Brought Back Home on CFRC 101.9 FM. I'm your host, Matt Muto, and I'm here today with local artist Tyson Sullivan. How are you doing? Good, man. How are you? How are you? Doing good, doing Glad good. Glad to get you into the studio today. Yeah. Uh, Tyson is a local artist, as I mentioned, as well as a vocal and guitar teacher and the host of Musiki Open Mic. Lately, actually, Tyson is recording some new material. Yeah, slowly but surely. Which is not a problem right now, all things considered, but <laughs> you know how it goes. Sometimes you sit on material for a while before releasing it, and I know a lot of artists are doing that right now. Right now, there's also artists just releasing singles every other week. Yeah, it seems to be the popular thing to do nowadays. Do you want to just talk about how long you've lived in Kingston, how you connected with Yuziki, the music scene in general, and maybe some of your past projects as well. So I've been living here on and off for about uh, nine or ten years. Went to school here, probably just like most of the uh, Kingstonian music scene or, or something like that, and uh, just kind of fell in love with the place because there's lots of stuff to do, lots of support in the, the arts. Yeah, I mean... It's, it's fun to wear a bunch of hats and, and being a part of Musiki is a very uh, important thing to me. And running, running their open mic is, uh, is a process, but it's fun. And I've met so many people through that channel alone. You know, I can, I can think of 30 names for you. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic the amount of talent there is in Kingston, especially considering the size of the city. That's something that I think everyone I've talked with Every artist I know has continued to say, and it's a good sign. Huge frequency. It's, it's amazing. Most of my friends now are, are virtually here. You know, I, if I need to talk to anybody about issues or anything like that, or if I want to play a show with somebody, there's, there's always somebody doing something here. So, Yeah, there's always someone ready to, to step up and play a show. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, it's a, a little bit harder right now. Anyways, so... You have hosted Musiki Open Mic in the past, and we would love to see Open Mic or even just performers coming back to venues. And I guess Musiki's a little bit lucky because the back patio is technically outdoors, mm -hmm. but there probably still is a patron limit. Yeah, it's hard. I think I'm not sure of what the limit is, um, but also we've been kind of um, situating. I, I haven't been back since, because I mostly do the open mic, uh, I might go back for a, a couple other shifts. But when I was there, all the music was happening in the upstairs and being projected downstairs. That was the last talk of it, just because of you know these these bylaws and 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 laws that they've put up uh, with not singing to a crowd or anything like that, which. I kind of understand, you know, a, a lot of air is being pushed out and it, as, if that musician hasn't been tested and, you know, we aren't going to get into all that stuff today, though. I think we want to kind of make it music centric. But anyways, so it makes it it's quite a challenge for um, even any small venue to kind of um, adapt to this new style without making it a digital performance. But it's untested waters for the most part. Mm -hmm. I think the last thing that was like this, especially in North America and around the world, was probably the Spanish flu. And <laughs> I don't remember my that. My parents one. weren't alive for that. <laughs> my grandparents were barely alive for that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's definitely time to be creative. We are seeing more digital events. We're seeing some outdoor shows, but very, very few. We talked last week a lot about coronavirus and how it's affected everything and it's kind of inescapable. You want to talk about events that are happening, and especially the biggest thing we can talk about are digital events. You know, Isabel Bader Center has done a fantastic job. Wonderful. Working on that series of theirs. It has a nice variety, too, of different genres. We're also seeing local band Willy Nilly is streaming on Twitch.tv. I know a lot of artists are trying to switch to streaming more and figuring out a way to monetize that. 
we talked last week about subscribing to services like Patreon, or even if you were doing something independently where you, you would take donations from people and you would kind of have perks for different donation tiers. There's a lot that can be done. It's just what else can we do? What else can we do to innovate? Mm. It was already hard to ask for money from people like a tip jar or something right. like that. Now we have to open up Patreon and, and stuff like that to get our to get our dues. So you also mentioned that you're a local music teacher. Yeah. What age groups do you primarily work with? Primarily um, anywhere from, if they can muster it, four years old, uh, 60. <laughs> you know, it's not just kids uh, that want to learn a skill like that. And I'm, I'm contracted through Long McQuaid, and I've been there for about a year. And then I've been teaching for uh, three years before that. And honestly, it's one of the best jobs that you'll ever have is being a teacher. Agreed. I've done a little bit of it in the past, and it's very satisfying when you see someone who's especially not necessarily always young, but someone who's new to whatever you're working with. In this case, it's in my case in the past too, it's guitar. And it's just really nice to see that light turn on a spark of passion and just watching someone grow, especially as a teacher is, is very, very satisfying. It makes you feel like you have a sense of purpose. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's rarely any other jobs that I can think of that give you that. How has Long McQuaid and just teaching services in general adapted to whether it's in-person social distancing or doing digital stuff online through webcam and services like online jamming services like Sofa Sessions, Jamulus? Those are the first two that come to mind. How have you adapted there? Well, um, I am one of the unfortunate people that don't have uh, home internet. Uh, so they did allow us to go in store with our own internet because, you know, they wouldn't have a strong internet because there was no need for internet sessions before all of this happened. But a lot of the teachers uh, with that home internet are, are doing all their sessions from home. A lot of successful, um, I, I'm assuming a lot of success because they're still doing it since the, the month that we had off before this was all became into being. They're, I believe they're starting to plan uh, future steps, which I'll let them kind of promote that as we go forward. Uh, but yeah, so, the, so there's never, there hasn't been any face-to-face uh, -face ones yet or anything like that because the rooms are quite um, contained. Of course, so, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Unless we have glass walls that we can. Like we do here yeah. at the station. Yeah. 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 This is very ideal setup, all things considered right now, I think. You mentioned you have some new material you're working on. And that first song you played for us is a, is a new tune. Do you want to play another new one? Well, um, I usually just go with the flow, but uh, let's play another new one. Okay. Yeah. Let's get into it. Constellations I can see the brightest one And who is to say that I am wrong Who is ever right And who is to say I'm accountable Knowing what I like Dancing and curbing the auspicious hurting My head is messy 
the heat over my sleeplessness I'm I'm just not ready Holding, breathing Full of feeling I can't undo Golden woven Spun through the olden vacuum me on a stair through your dawning eyes flying a little higher so I may see the light and why are you always impossible to read out And why is the shadow so shallow On a single bout Mistakes have been That was great, Tyson. Thank you. That was really, that was a beautiful song. Thank you so much. So lately, I've, when I've been talking with artists, I've noticed that there's actually a lot of people hard at work. You yourself are recording new material. We had Sean Bain in last week. He's recording a new album. He's in the studio right now, probably. Amazing. Julia Finnegan is ready to release her new song. Local band Future of Free is releasing track after track. Willy Nilly just released new single last week and I know is working on new material. It's really exciting D despite, you know, not going to live shows and even artists outside of Kingston. I know personal favorite band of mine, Half Moon Run, has been releasing some of their back catalog, recording some sessions. It's really great to see that people are, you know, despite the cloud that looms over us, we're still seeing people create and enjoy what they're doing. With that all being said, I'm sure you probably agree with me on being excited about some of those releases coming out and people working, but is there anyone that I haven't mentioned already that you want to talk about that you're excited to hear what they have to offer that's coming out soon? I mean, just another one to add, uh, because he is also my bass player and uh, helping me with the record, the uh, band Voyager releases a bunch of stuff throughout this whole thing going on. They're working just as diligently as all the others you mentioned there, and Honestly, great, great musicians. That's the only ones I, I've just kind of kept my head really low. I, I'm I'm one of those people that, you know, will act like a groundhog. <laughs> I'll, I'll pop out at the strangest time and play my songs and then jump back in my uh, in my hole. <laughs> oh, I better I better mention uh, Lukey Pell does a lot of stuff, too, or, or he'll get mad at me if he doesn't. <laughs> uh, I do some uh, percussion work for him and yeah, he's always putting stuff out, and I'm sure he'll have another one out soon, too. Yeah, yeah. Are both artists going to be some personnel that help you with the new album? Uh, mostly um, Adam Chartrand, 
of, of Voyager, um, and then Lucas uh, of, of Voyager as well. They have their own recording studio at their homes, and so I'll just be laying down some tracks, and oh, I, I've already laid down half of them. Just got to get the rest of the scratch tracks done, and then they can do their magic. Man, I'm so happy to hear. That's two guests in a row for two shows that have said, I'm recording new content. You both have friends that are recording new content that we may even have in at the show at some point in the near future. It's it's very exciting. The fact that we see a city like Kingston, you know, we're not Toronto. We're not even mm. Ottawa as far as population goes. The activity, considering the times right now, is pretty exciting. It's just how history works with, you know, everybody's coming out with music and stuff because it is trying times and you'll just see an upsurge of content that you wouldn't normally see without the inspirations of we had time where we had to be locked inside. So what do you do as an artist? You know, you you build and create. And we touched on this last week too, but because everyone's spending so much time at home, there's been a lot of time to reflect on bigger societal issues as well. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen, especially in the U.S., a lot of attention has been brought to the matters of police brutality and just how we've seen, I don't know if you've noticed this, but an, another Me Too movement in the entertainment world lately, whether it's online live streams or it's people who've worked in television and film, there's a lot of people coming forward to talk about the traumas that they've experienced. And while it is depressing in the short term, it's good in the long term because it makes people a lot more sensitive, a lot more mindful. Yeah, like you said, I think the music that's going to come out next several months is going to reflect that. A older relative of mine, who will remain nameless because I don't want to out them as someone who's old, (laughs) they mentioned that in the 60s, a lot of great creative music, both musically and lyrically, was coming out, late 60s especially, because of political movements that were forming, because of what was happening in Vietnam, what was happening in local government in general, a whole bunch of things. It's the same thing almost today. And while it definitely feels like a bit of a struggle in the sense that you're always fighting for something, it definitely makes for an interesting period to live. Mm -hmm. And it definitely is going to inspire people to write compelling music. It's the perfect time to kind of have the voice heard, especially over social medias and stuff, because everybody is paying attention to it with all these openings and stuff and everything's getting back uh, into the rhythm. But before that, you were just you were able to see these these voices come out and, and really project positive movements forward and really bringing us into the future of peace and prosperity, I think, is kind of the the main stay word that we want to kind of keep with all of this. So I'm very happy for everybody working towards their goals. Agreed. It's definitely not boring. No, definitely not. Yeah. Do you want to leave us with one last song? Sounds great. All right. Tyson Sullivan, everybody. Another waking hour wanting to be free, hoping that the world will let it just be easy. Going outside today I cannot allow these four walls to hinder Every little thing that I've been missing Just go outside My heart is like a nerve and my brain is like a trap My soul is intact but not easy to relax Waiting before the storm But listen here Don't lend out your heart Or focus on your fears Don't run into the corner Thinking like you don't exist song swirling from above The message is clear 
to be free Not letting the world dictate Out of me A scared little version of what shouldn't be Anything more than what I am But listen here Just share your little heart Don't worry about your fears Run but make your presence Something to revere When you view the world from above And see it's so clear Gifts that you talk about Are never lost Are never lost Are never lost That was a, another performance from Tyson Sullivan. Tyson, thank you for just gracing us with your presence and honestly angelic songs today. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me here. I've been through huge uh, mental block, so it was nice just to be able to come up and, and do something uh, that I hadn't done in a very long time. That makes me very happy to hear. <laughs> so is that song, is that something you wrote recently? Actually, it was uh, way before all of this when it was a point in my t- time in my life when everything just wasn't going right. And, well, I often have the problem of shutting myself away from society, most like every other artist that probably feels like that. And it was, it just came to me in a, a kind of a, a night when I was on the way of figuring out how to heal from everything that was happening. And I figured, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of what music and musicians are is really relating to people and people's hearts and being their voice, kind of showing the compassion that they may not be able to spell out themselves. Because everybody, everybody is going through a hard time, no matter what the circumstances now, or even if life is good, you know, there's always somebody that's going to need that healing. Definitely. Yeah. And I think you can find that healing in a a lot of different ways, whether it's a message like yours in that performance we just heard, or if it's even if something just complaining about stuff, a lot of people like to hear that there's other people complaining about the same stuff that's bothering them. It's very empathetic, makes people feel like they're not alone. And that's what we need to strive for because we are organisms that live with one consciousness, but uh, I think there's a collective that needs to be uh, always reminded that we're all in this together. We're all a team, no matter where we come from. Yeah, I feel that. So you have your previous release, Two Sons. Another album of yours is available on all streaming platforms. I'm not the biggest, uh, I I don't know how to promote myself in any way, shape or form. Uh, I'm kind of like a shadow in that way. So um, yeah. If you can listen to it and you like it, great. If you don't, I'm I'm okay with that too. Well, I'm going to ask you to promote yourself a little bit more. <laughs> In case people want to follow you on social media, 
where can we find you? Uh, you can, I have a personal uh, Instagram. I'll probably make a, a professional one at some point soon, but it's uh, at Tycho Sullison on Instagram. Uh, you can follow me on uh, Facebook on my page, uh, Tyson Sullivan Musician. Um, I also have another project with uh, local artist uh, Spencer Evans and Oscar Evans. Uh, it's a jazz trio called The Morning Doves. That's on Instagram. It's very new, though, because of what's happened. It's kind of uh, we haven't had a chance to uh, um, uh, can't think of the word, but it started off. So, uh, yeah, you can find me there. Uh, you can also probably find me um, running and <laughs> biking. Uh, just say hi if you know who I am. If you don't, that's okay too. Thanks for coming in today. Really enjoyed your presence, your performance, our discussion. Thanks, Tyson. This is Tyson Sullivan signing off. You're listening to Brought Back Home on CFRC 101.9 FM, bringing you local arts and music back to you. back to CFRC 101.9 with Matt Muto at Brought Back Home. I'm here today with new lo-fi jazz duo, Alto Stratus, consisting of Helena Hannibal and Liam Neal. Hello. How's it going? If you are familiar with either of these artists, you may recognize them from various projects and bands throughout the Kingston music community. Today, they have something a little different, a little different from what they're used to anyways. And we're just going to talk about the recordings that they brought in today or the sessions that they are going to play for us. I know that there's been a lot of digital events happening lately because they're the real only kind of performances we can listen to live. Uh, Liam, I know Wilderness did one, and I think I caught you in one of them fairly early on into the pandemic. Yep, we uh, we did a live stream from the Toucan, I think about a month or so ago at this point, and that was uh, it was pretty successful. It's really it's really strange to not to play to an empty room. I've definitely definitely gotten used to that, but to play to a room you're used to seeing with people and then have just absolute silence after you finish. And yeah, that has to be a little strange. Or even the the odd person coming in to pick up takeout. Oh yeah, well they had they had a they had a screen up and everything, so no one could even see back. Did they have um, audio routed to the patio while you guys were playing there? Uh, I believe so. Um, I I know the setup they had going was was quite complicated. They're running about three different mixers, um, and I think they were streaming it out to the patio as well. Um, so. Luckily, no one tried to come in and and uh, interrupt interrupt the set because obviously, want to keep keep things controlled so we can actually get more more people performing sooner rather than later and not have someone who's a bit overzealous to see something live, right? Mess it up for everybody. And I don't want to get too hung up on the Toucan uh, live shows that were happening, but I did talk to some of the management there. Uh, having worked there in the past, and they said that the whole project got shut down, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, as 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 far as I could tell, like all all the restrictions that were laid out by um, the province and and by the city were followed, and like I said, that the area where we were playing was completely controlled. No one came in or out except for um, the management at the Toucan and the people directly involved in the show. And it, with that, we were still less than ten. Um, but uh, I believe someone still had an issue with it and, and sent a complaint into the Ministry of Health. Um, and then uh, later on, another group, Oak Ridge Avenue, tried to do a live stream as well. And I think they met the same fate. And that's kind of when it got shut down permanently, which, uh, you know, I understand and respect that it's, it, is a, it is a pandemic. So people want to make sure everyone's taken every precaution. It's, it's, it's just unfortunate that um, only only the two bands got to do those sessions because I know there's a lot of people in Kingston that are really really hungry to play right now and uh, wish wish more people had gotten the opportunity. I think even just people we've talked with on the show alone, let alone you know people that between the three of us have talked to over the last several months, are absolutely hungry. We've talked about the fact that there's lots of people recording, 
right now just getting ready to have some ammunition for tours and promotion and live shows when they're good to go. But going back to the topic of digital events, Helena, you mentioned to me earlier when we were talking before the show started that there's a live stream happening August 12th. Yeah, the Isabel Bader Center is hosting sort of a, a summer online festival and they're featuring a variety of, of local artists. I think they've already started and they're sort of doing it every Sunday throughout the summer. And on August 12th at 7 p.m., I think it's a Wednesday, I'm going to be featured as a part of the Musiki Monday Night Jazz Band, as well as the Firebirds Jazz Collective, which is a, like a female-forward jazz initiative. And between the two of them, it's going to be a lot of really cool sort of contemporary, more sort of funk fusion jazz. So it's going to be really exciting. And we get to be in, in the Isabel, which is an enormous privilege. That is very exciting. Yeah, the Isabel is a great sounding place to begin with. And I'm sure you guys have seen their live streams and uh, some of our listeners have probably seen some sessions or live streams as well. They're pretty well conducted. I, I'm yeah. really impressed with the production quality on them. Yeah, the sound equipment and the production team there is amazing. And the space itself is one of the most beautiful acoustics that I've ever experienced. It's definitely the rare air whenever you get the chance to be in there. It's Amazing. Agreed. It's really fantastic. Going back to the discussion about jazz, just briefly there, I'm really happy you guys came in today. This is our first uh, time having someone that isn't a singer-songwriter or folk artist on the show, which is a lot easier typically to do in this kind of setting. You know, at the CFRC, we're working on improving our uh, recording methods, and we can't be too loud in here because it is a shared building. But having something different is a welcome change of pace, and I'm really excited to hear you guys today. Again, we were talking before the show and <laughs> even talking about the fact that calling it a lo-fi jazz uh, duo is, you know, that could be one way of describing it, but there's probably several other ways as well. Yeah, you can definitely uh, uh, not describe it as singer-songwriter, though. <laughs> so we, we at least we missed that mark for sure. Neither a singer nor a songwriter to be found. Yeah. So this project is strictly instrumental? Helena can kind of hold a tune. I can't sing to save my life. It's just kind of come out of things that both of us have, have worked on individually. And at some point we were just chatting about music and like, oh, wait, we both have these very complementary skills that can like create something cool together that we're both into. So, you know, why, why not? Let's do something. Well, I'm excited to hear that first track. So let's check it out.
that was different in a very good way. I don't know if you guys saw me through the glass here, but pretty much 90% of the time I was just smiling. It was great. Yeah, me nice. too. <laughs> I, was, I, I was over here just looking at my hands like, oh, <laughs> hope everyone likes it. If you're listening and you didn't like it, and I don't know, maybe you have very different tastes or very focused tastes, or there's something wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, go with, we'll go with the latter. <laughs> <laughs> like I said earlier, we, we've had exclusively until this point unplugged acoustic guitar, one vocal track live off the floor. These recordings are definitely, you know, a little bit more effort in the effect department, not as raw, maybe raw in a different way with especially the saxophone riffing and improvisation. Do you guys want to talk about the process, the songwriting and recording process a little bit? I think that I come from a predominantly live performing perspective in being a jazz musician and being also like a classical musician. I've very rarely done sessions that were even this um, produced. It's mostly been live off the floor or just completely live performances that were recorded. And I think that we kind of stay in that sort of process as we're recording where Liam will produce sort of a beat and then I'll kind of play some lines over it. And then we sort of pick and choose which parts we like or I'll hear something that he's already produced. And I think it was this track where I sort of played along with the bass line and we kind of mixed that in. That's kind of where we start off for at least some of the melody lines. I don't know about you guys, but I definitely felt some brain zooms while listening to that. <laughs> for those listening, the title of the track is Brain Zooms. I mm-hmm. did not mention that earlier. There was a whole lot of, of brain zooms going on during the uh, during the creation. It sounds like <laughs> it. So from, from my perspective, uh, I started doing this kind of like beat making production stuff in university. I was introduced by a friend of mine, and I am a a drummer by trade. That that was kind of the instrument I grew up playing. And obviously, when you're living in in a residence, you can't really have a drum set because, you know, obvious (laughs) obvious reasons. I'm not a drummer, and I've been in bands living in residence where we can't really play. But I wasn't the drummer. I could still do stuff. Being the drummer, I can't even imagine how hard that can be sometimes. The girl that lived below me, I forget what her name was, but she lived one floor down for me in um, in my residence hall. And I had a, uh, I had like a practice pad, uh, like a foam practice pad with like a, sna- a stand and I would put it on a, on a blanket so I couldn't send any vibrations through. Because if I didn't do that, she would just come up to my room and start knocking and just curse me out for playing. This sounds all too familiar. I feel like that's kind of a, a common, a common occurrence for the, the young budding university musician. Basically, I got I got introduced to kind of beat making, and it was it really translated well from my skills as a drummer, since most of it's based around the rhythmic approach and the rhythm section. And when you get into sampling and stuff, it's I don't really have a, a melodic ear. Like I, I, unlike Helena, I never really like played an instrument where I had to make sound in that way. So being able to rely on uh, my sense of rhythm. And just having a basic understanding of what a uh, what a decent sounding melody at least sounds like, even if I don't know exactly how to do that, kind of let me start making music that way. And I just sort of taught myself with the little information I had from taking some music theory classes. And um, yeah, that was about four, five, six, I don't know, a couple years ago that I started doing that. And like I finally got another musician with me who can kind of handle the melody side of things. And this is the first time I've, I've really been lucky enough to put any of this music out into the world so hearing the end result of a lot of a lot of time spent alone in my bedroom (laughs) it's pretty cool how we how many like basement producers and songwriters and engineers are popping up these days it's really great how accessible music has become but that being said i'm not hearing too many other acts that i'm familiar with in the city that are like this and when performances and venues are allowed to happen again if you guys could ever do some kind of live set, even with the stuff recorded in the background. That'd be pretty cool. It's going to take some figuring out to do, but yeah, hopefully hopefully when live music comes back, we're able to, to, to play yeah. some of this live. I would say that one of the jams that we did today was more live with the push. And yeah, I had kind of come up with a melody that I really liked. And in my head, it just kind of involved like saxophone. And like I always kind of pictured just a regular drum kit. But Liam was kind of putting on rhythms using like a drum machine. So I think it's definitely adaptable. Yeah. It's got me excited. I can't even imagine how excited you guys are. 
jacked right up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that being said, do you guys want to get into your second track then? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Let's hear it. That was Kiss Someone Else with our guest, Alto Stratus. That was a really cool track, guys. We were just talking about how dark that one was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What was the, was there any like sensical inspiration behind that one? The process of it was that we were sitting down and listening to records and going through things that would be cool to sample. And the album that we sampled at the beginning is this super cheesy doo-wop record that I've had for a really long time. It's a band called The Honey Drippers. It's just cheesy string section, textbook, old doo-wop music. And I think on that same day, I have a really old record player that tends to play things that are like really, like it does the, the speed up and slow down. And I think we played it on that and, and listened to it and kind of went from there. And then the second thing that was sampled was The Stars, which is a Canadian band. And it samples the line that's like, when there's nothing left to burn, you have to set yourself on fire. And the combination of sampling those two things created kind of a weird atmosphere that turned into the dark doo-wop vibe. Just based on like the, 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 the lyrics of those two samples, it's this really like twisted love story thing. The, the rest of the song was also built out of, at least the rhythm section was built out of samples from a bunch of other records we were going through. I almost want to give away what the guitar is, but I also want people to guess at it because I was, got really proud of myself for flipping the sample. Um, okay, it's Eye of the Tiger. That, that guitar part is from Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> I forgot <Tiger>. about that. <laughs> um, and the, the drums come from an Amy Winehouse song. Yeah. It's off of Back to Black. It's one of the songs on that. 
and then basically kind of constructed a, a really basic version of the beat. And then this was this was one of the first kind of sessions Helena and I did together where we actually recorded too. Helena was saying earlier, she, we, we come from different worlds in terms of writing music. She's much more of a live performer. I'm much more used to kind of like kind of methodical studio work. So this first one was a lot of running sections over and over again. And Helena would lay down just a bunch of different lines and we would kind of pick and choose what we like sort of Frankenstein that together and then re-record it into a single cohesive take. And that's that's what you hear on the recording there. So is there anything else you guys see on the horizon coming up? Uh, yeah, I have a couple of, uh, not really projects coming up. I'm, I'm also a member of the group The Wilderness. And we actually, like two, two days before the lockdown started, we finished recording our full-length studio debut over at the, the bathhouse. So obviously uh, the whole global pandemic situation kind of put a big damper on the plans we had for that, but um, we've still been going strong with trying to get things prepared for that. We will have another single out sometime in the next few months and the album will be out by the end of the summer i'm not sure if i'm allowed to give the actual dates yet because we haven't announced anything but there is a ton of music coming we're going back to the bathhouse next week to record some live videos and maybe track some other music and then gonna lock ourselves away in a cabin try to write the next album so hopefully we'll we'll keep some material coming that way I did hear a little bit about the bathhouse recording stuff because of show friend Scott Halman uh, coming out there to feed you guys. Scotty, he he brought the uh, he brought the fry, the fryway truck out, cooked us one of the best meals we had over the course of the week. It was cool. It was, didn't bring anything into the kitchen. You had to go out to the truck, and he would just like hand you a burger and some fries and had some poutine. It was oh. It's excellent. Kingston staple at this point. Yeah. Shout out to Scott. You talked about the log cabin trip coming up for you guys. Between either of you, do you have any trips that you've gone on recently that have inspired stuff you've performed or, or written or even if you have trips coming up that you think will? Trips coming up, eh? I know. Well, <laughs> there's only so much you can do. It's mostly just like going to cottages or camping right yeah. now. Yeah with the wilderness we we locked ourselves away in in january in a cabin in quebec and that was where a lot of the album came from and that was super inspiring it was in the like just the middle of the woods the nearest town was like 10 minutes and they they had like a grocery store and, and one bar i think and that was pretty much the whole town so we were very very isolated it's nice to kind of get away from even though kingston's not a huge city get away from the city and uh kind of be in the country and kind of experience the calm out there. There was a river right next to right next to the house we were staying at. We had fires every night. Um, there was a dog that stayed at the house, Gimov, who would just follow you around everywhere you went outside and never, never went indoors, which I thought was really weird because it was like negative 20 a couple of nights and the dog would just hide in like her dog house and would be like, no, like come in, come inside, like stay warm. You're going to die. And she's like, nope. I live outside. This is what I do. Yeah, I, yeah. She, she was conditioned to stay outside, I guess. Marshmallow. Um, she looked like a marshmallow, too. It was a perfect description. Yeah. Well, the reason I ask this question is because I know myself and plenty of other artists, they need that getaway to kind of either as a reset button or a inspiration sometimes to spark some new creation. And I, I say that because I know we can't go a lot of places right now. But I think a lot of people, if they can go somewhere, whether it's a cottage or a camping trip or even just going out of town at this point, it, it can be a real creativity switch and just a mental break, too. I think a lot of it is you also don't have to do anything uh, dramatic. Like, I know it sounds very romanticized to be like, oh, you locked yourself away in a cabin and wrote an album. But really, like, it's it's mostly just kind of putting yourself in a situation where you can take a step back from everything else that's happening in your life. And if you're a creator, an artist, a songwriter, anything, you probably have a lot more ideas going around your head than you think you do. A lot of it is just kind of getting yourself to a comfortable place where you're not, you know, you're not forcing yourself to write things, but you're kind of letting the ideas finally come out like that's that's kind of what happened with this project is this is kind of ideas that Helene and I have both had for a while and even not even leaving leaving town just kind of like being like all right we're gonna we're gonna sit in the apartment here and we're gonna write this music and we're gonna like actually 
put it out and make it happen. It's 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 just about finding peace wherever you are. If you can get to like somewhere outside of town, that's great. But it's more about making space for something than wherever you actually are. You can decide to do that wherever you actually physically are. You can just write off a day and yeah. commit yourself to something. Throw your phone in the sink. Yeah, I'm ignoring a lot of stuff it. right now. So yeah. <laughs> I think that's a really good point. Something we've talked about in the show and we talked about before the show. There's a lot of artists who are getting very inspired and creative even just staying at home right now. Not only staying indoors and the pandemic and just watching everyone paying a little bit more attention to political news than they had previously. I think that's another thing that's been pretty inspiring is one way of putting it for this whole four months, five months. Yeah. Wild. With that being said, do you want to get into the last track here? Yeah. Let's do it. It's called Look at What I've Done. And... Thanks, Alto Stratus. Thanks, Helena. Thanks, Liam, for coming in today. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to everything you guys are going to be doing in the future, whether it's this project or others. Yeah, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep the ball rolling and keep the tunes coming. We'll be here. All right, here's Look at What I've Done by Alto Stratus. Thank you, Alto Stratus, for the incredible performance, and a thank you again to Tyson Sullivan for coming in. This has been Brought Back Home with Matt Muto on the CFRC 101.9 FM, bringing local arts and local music back to you. If you'd like to send in any questions or have suggestions for future episodes, I can be reached at twitter.com slash mattmuto or instagram.com slash Music. You can also interact with the show using the hashtag BroughtBackHomeYGK on Instagram or Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Take care.